Revelation chapter 11, of course, along with chapter 10, is what we call an inset or uh, an interlude in the chronological progression of the book. Uh, And this interlude really goes to chapter 15, where the vile judgments will be poured out, although there's a little interruption with the seventh trumpet being sound in chapter, the end of chapter 11. But other than that, it, all of it is like an interlude. But chapter 11, I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. It says, There was given to me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court, which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not. For it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. I've titled this message simply, The Measure of the Lord. The Measure of the Lord. Let's pray. Then we'll look. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity and privilege we have to open your precious word. And Father, I pray tonight as we look into the word of God that we'd be encouraged and challenged again and under, give us understanding into these truths that you would have for us. And I pray, Father, that you would encourage us in our walk with you and our faithfulness as a witness and testimony to those around us that not, know not the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that, that the end is coming, the end is near, we do believe. So, Lord, just, just work, glorify yourself, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So John, of course, in his vision that he's receiving uh, on the Isle of Patmos, is told at this point, uh, he's, he's given a reed, it's a measuring rod. Most commentators say it be something ten foot long. It's a measuring instrument. And he's told to rise and measure the temple and the altar and them that worship therein. And, but he says, but the court with the, which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. Now, I just really have two things I want to mention tonight. First of all, time is in the hand of God. God gives a time here, forty and two months. And then five times in... The next two chapters, next three chapters, from, from chapter 11, 12, and 13, this time period is mentioned. But it reminds us that time is in God, the hand of God. It was created by him for man, and he will determine the time of man. Our time's in his hand. Uh, Psalm 31, verse 15 says, My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. In Acts chapter 1, verse 7, Jesus told his disciples, He said unto them, It is not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Of course, there was referring to about when the kingdom, they were asking about when the kingdom should come and be fulfilled and, you know, and restored to Israel and all that. And he said the times and the seasons are in the power of God. And our times are in the hand of God. And you know, I, I often said this, that until the Lord is f- 
finished with you, nothing can take your life. Nothing can take your life. But I want you to notice here in particular, this, this, in, in the context of what we're looking at here in chapter 11, 12, and 13, the time of evil is limited by God. You know, evil cannot go on unrestrained forever. God has limits on it. And this, this time period of 40 and 2 months is mentioned five times. In verse 3, it says, I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days, clothes and sackcloth. Now, if you're going to do a little figuring, 1260 days is 40 and 2 months. Uh, in chapter 12, verse 6, again, And a woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. And, and we'll get into chapter 12 here in a few weeks. It's referring to Israel here. But, again, that time period. And in chapter 12, verse 14, To the woman were given two wings of a great eagle. She might fly into the wilderness into her place, where she is nourished for a time, times, and half a time. From the face of the serpent. Now, and we'll, we're going to go to Daniel in a minute, but that refers to three and a half years. Forty and two months. And again in chapter 13, verse 5, speaking about the Antichrist, there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power is given unto him to continue forty and two months. So this is a time period that is limited, really, that he's giving to... Uh, uh, when he talks about here the, the times of the Gentiles and the holy city, they're going to tread under the, they're going to tread under this holy city, which is Jerusalem. We're going to see that uh, next week for certain. But the holy city in the Bible, first the holy city is always referring to Jerusalem. It is the it is the central the the key city of the world. Um, you know, in it. Are all the promises of God given in it? From from Jerusalem, so to speak, we have the oracles of God. In the city of Jerusalem is where uh, time is divided from BC to AD. Why is it all the nations of the world want it? Yeah, uh, it is the place that God has put His. His presence uh, would make his presence known, of course, in the millennial reign and where Christ dwelled. And so it is, it is an important city. It is referred to as a holy city. And it says it's going to be tread underfoot 40 and two months or three and a half years. So this is, this is a time period, and it's referring to the Antichrist and the armies of the world, are the time of evil that is limited by God. Now, to understand this, go to Daniel chapter 7. This is where it's first... first Spoken of. Daniel chapter 7. And I don't want to spend too much time in this, but I want you to understand this, and so you don't think I'm just making it up. Uh, so I want you to go away from Bible class tonight. You know, pay your tuition before you leave. And uh, understanding what three and a half years or 42 months or 12, 60 days means. All right. Anyway. What was that? Yeah. 
Daniel chapter 7. Daniel spoke of this, but again, Daniel didn't really understand it. Daniel 7.25 says, And he shall speak great words against the Most High, shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a, here's it is, time and times and a dividing of time. Uh, And then chapter 12, verse 7, again, says, And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand on the heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever that it shall be for a time, times, and a half, and when he shall accomplish to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. Now, so... You know, we're speaking of a period of time there, referred to as three and a half years. That's really under, given us understood in, in uh, Revelation. But go to Daniel chapter 9, and we really can understand where this 42 months, or time, times, half a time really comes from, the origin of it. And that'll be, that's what your chart is all about. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 24, it says, Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. Again, holy city refers to Jerusalem. To finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks, and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again, and the wall even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war desolations are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause a sacrifice and oblation to cease, for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate even under the consummation, and that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. So, the time determined, this, what this is about in Daniel chapter 9 here, is the time is determined upon the people of Israel to bring in everlasting righteousness. In other words, to bring in their rejection, their, to bring an end to their rejection and rebellion against God as it has been, which caused the captivity, brought them into captivity, but even continued after their return. You know, only a few of the nation of Israel really returned, and and they continued to apostatize, and of course they evolved into the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Hellenists and all these different groups that when Christ came, they totally rejected him. and so they are still to this day in rebellion against God. And, Daniel, and, the, and the angel here tells Daniel that 70 weeks are determined to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, and, and to seal up the vision and the prophecy. So to bring all the prophecies of the Old Testament scriptures to a completion, which was what Revelation is bringing us to. That's what he's referring to. So it's to bring in everlasting righteousness. And he said 70 weeks are determined. Well, what are 70 weeks? Well, the word weeks refers to periods of sevens. And 
So it's referring to 70 weeks of years. Or 70 sevens, which would be 490 years. Uh, that's the only that's the only thing and, and of course the word weeks here does mean sevens it's, it's, it refers to sevens not just not just seven days but but seven sevens and then there's 70 of them and, and and this is often the way prophetic days are described for example in numbers chapter 14 verse 34 it says after the number of the days in which he searched the land even 40 days each day for a year shall you bear your iniquities, even 40 years. So one day was a year. And so if you had a week of days, you have seven years. Uh, and this is also spoken of in Ezekiel 4, verse 6. And when thou hast accomplished them, lie again on thy right side, and thou shalt bear the iniquity of the house of Judah 40 days. I have appointed thee each day for a year. So when, he, when Daniel says, when the, when the prophecy of Daniel says 70 weeks are determined, he's talking about 70 sevens or 490 years. It's going to be that total number period of time. And, and, and so and this, this 490 years is divided into two parts. If you notice in verse 25, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. Now, really, you know, technically, you can get real technical here. You could say you could divide it into three parts. It talks about seven weeks and then three score and two weeks, which would be 62 weeks or 62 um, you know, weeks of years, 62 sevens. And and then the seven will be sixty nine, uh, so and 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 he says so un, until that of course and the reason they divide, that, that's divided like that is because it took forty nine years to build the wall or to for them to get the walls and and everything finished up, but but it, let's just simplify it two parts seven weeks and three score and two weeks that is sixty nine weeks. And if you get times 69 times 7 years, that brings you to 483 years. And so, and he says that these, seven, these 483 years uh, shall be unto the Messiah the Prince. You know, till the Messiah shall be uh, this, this 7 and 3 score and 2 weeks, which will be 69 weeks of years. And it says in verse 26, after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. So if you have the, the seven weeks of years, which would be 49 years, plus the uh, 62 weeks, so it gives you a total of 69 weeks, or 69 sevens, which is 483 years. In the time, this commandment he's talking about refers to Nehemiah chapter 2. So go to Nehemiah chapter 2. And it's a commandment that Artaxerxes gave to Nehemiah to rebuild the wall. You know, Cyrus had given a commandment earlier for the Jews to return and build the temple. But this is talking about the building of the wall. It says the wall, the building, the streets shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublous times. And we know from Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah, 
It was during very difficult times. The enemies opposed them at every turn. But in, in, in Nehemiah chapter 2, it says, And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the twentieth year of Artaxerxes the king, that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now I had not been before time sad in his presence. Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad? Seeing thou art not sick, this is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was very sore afraid. And the king said, and said unto the king, Let, let the king live forever. Why well, should not my countenance be sad, when the city, the place of my father's sepulchres, lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire? Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make requests? So I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, thou wouldest send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may build it. And the king said unto me, the queen also sitting by him, For how long shall thy journey be? And when wilt thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. Moreover, I said unto the king, If it please the king, let letters be given me to the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over till I come unto Judah. And a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace, which appertain to the house, and for the wall of the city, and for the house that I shall enter into. And the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. So, and then verse 9 says, Then I came to the governors beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. So the king, the king here, Artaxerxes, uh, you know, gave commandment that the walls of Jerusalem be built. And he sent a letter certifying that it was to be done. And so... From, from that time, which was 444 B.C., or some say maybe 445 B.C., 483 years brings you to the crucifixion. And that's what Daniel 9 says. In seven weeks and three stories, two weeks, Messiah shall be cut off. He'll be cut off. But Daniel said originally 70 weeks. We've only had 69. You see, that last week is the tribulation period. And the focus of the tribulation period, again, is Israel. It's to bring an end to Israel's rebellion against God. It's called Jacob's Troubles. And Daniel, in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, describes that last week. Well, let's read verse 26, and I'll give you a little commentary. It says, After three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come. Okay, who came? Who was the prince that came and destroyed the city and the sanctuary? Okay, historians. Titus. Titus. You know, Within 40 years after the Messiah is cut off, the city of Jerusalem is, is raised. I mean, the temple is taken apart stone by stone. You know, they burned the thing, and, and, and they said that the gold ran, melted and ran down in between the stones. You know, Titus didn't originally, Titus didn't want the temple destroyed. But it was supposedly, from what I've read, 
accidentally set on fire and the fire melted the gold and the gold ran down in between the stones so they took the stones apart piece by piece to get all the gold. So it was completely leveled. And that's exactly what Jesus said. There will not be one stone left upon another. You see, God will have his way. Even though Titus didn't want it to happen that way, it did. So the, so the city was destroyed. The end of all shall be with a flood. And under the end of the war, desolations of the term. And the people of Israel were scattered to all the ends of the earth. And then verse 27 says, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Now the he here is the Antichrist. He's going to confirm the covenant with many for one And in the midst of the week, so again, you've got seven years, and in the middle of that would be three and a half years, so three and a half into it, he's going to cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of abomination he shall make it desolate, even unto the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. So the Antichrist, so, you know, so we've had that 483 years till Christ came and was crucified, he was cut off. Of course, there's a period of time in between the 69th week and the 7th week this is the age in which we're living. The age of grace. And, and, but, but after the rapture will happen, the tribulation will begin, and, and the Antichrist is going to make a, an agreement with the nation of Israel. Now, how all this is going to come about, we don't know for sure. But we know that with God all things are possible. So that 70th week is what's described there in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, is the tribulation period. And, and, and in the midst of that week, and that's what we're here at in Revelation chapter 11, where they're in the middle of this week, and it says, The holy city shall tread, be tread underfoot forty and two months. Uh, so this is the time period that the Lord's talking about. And, you know, the, again, reminder that the time is in God's head. God has set the time. It's going to happen exactly like he said. It has happened as he said. He said in 483 years from this, dec- this decree, Messiah shall be cut off, and he was. He said there's going to be, the city is going to be destroyed in desolation, and it was. But he also says, there's another time coming, that's seven weeks, that seven-year period called the tribulation period, again, that will finish the transgression. But it reminds us that time, again, time is in God's hands. Uh, in Acts chapter 17, Paul, when, when, he was, when he was at Athens, in Acts 17, in verse 24 to 28, he says, God that made the world and all things there therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breadth and all things, hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell in the face of all the earth, hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, and though he be not very far from every one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also 
his offspring. So he has determined the times before appointed. Paul and, Paul and Peter alike spoke of the time of their departure. Of course, they knew their time was in the hand of God. It reminds us that our time is in the hand of the Lord and we need to use our time for His glory. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Ephesians chapter 5. In Ephesians chapter 5, the Bible says in verse 14, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. You know, our time is in the hand of the Lord. We don't know how much time we have. We're not guaranteed another day. You know, I say, well, preacher, I'm in good health. Yeah. My best friend was in good health, too. But in that one night, his life was snuffed out just like that. For some reason, he pulled out in front of a tractor and trailer. You see, we don't know. And we are, we are to use our time for his glory, for his honor. And, the, and God sets the times determined. And so there's going to be a time period here of three and a half years. But God is going to shorten those days. In fact, Matthew or Mark 13, 20 says, speaking of this time period, it says, except that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved, but for the elect's sakes whom he hath chosen, he has shortened those days. So God sets the time. The Antichrist is going to reign on the earth, but his time is limited. His time is limited. Let's go to the second thing here. We all must pass the measure of God. Read this in verse 1. And really, time is a measure. But in verse 1 it says, There was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. So, he's given a, this of course is a measuring rod. Uh, It's also uh, spoken of in Ezekiel chapter 20. And when, it, when, it, when the Lord speaks of a measuring rod, he's speaking of an instrument of judgment. Uh, in, in Ezekiel chapter 20, we see that in Ezekiel 20, verses 30, verse 33. <coughs> Excuse me. Ezekiel 20, verse 33. Prophet Ezekiel says, And as I live, saith the Lord God, Surely with a mighty hand, with a stretched out arm, with fury poured out, will I rule over you. I will bring you out from the people, and will gather you out of the countries wherein you are scattered, with a mighty hand, with a stretched out arm, and with fury poured out. I will bring you into the wilderness of the people, and there will I plead with you face to face. Like as I pleaded with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so will I plead with you, saith the Lord God. And I will cause you to pass under the rod. And I will bring you into the, into the bond of a covenant, and I will purge out from among you the rebels, and them that transgress against me, I will bring them forth out of the country where they sojourn, and they shall not enter the land of Israel, and ye shall know 
that I am the Lord. You notice he says, I'm going to cause you to pass under the rod. In other words, I have a measuring rod that you're going to have to pass under. That I'm going to judge you by. And this is a measuring rod that John has given, and he's told to measure the temple. Now, it tells us several things. Contrary to what many Muslims believe, there's going to be a temple rebuilt in Jerusalem on the mount. There has to be a temple there. John couldn't measure it. Others talk about, other prophecies talk about this temple. Uh, so this demonstrates that, and, and of course we're in the middle of the tribulation period here is where we are, because we've got 42 months yet. So we're in the middle of the tribulation, and he's told to measure it. So this demonstrates that Israel will at some point build a third temple. You might say, well, how? There's the Dome of the Rock there. Well, Google sometime efforts that are going on to build a third temple. You'll get some interesting things. Uh, there is a very strong movement in support of Israel building a third temple. And they have support even from Muslims. Some Muslims. This article is titled, Watch, Muslim Doctor Stuns CNN. And the title, subtitle is, President Trump and GOP Beloved in Much of the Muslim World. Now, this was uh, articles from Daily Wire, uh, March 18, 2019. And it says, on Saturday, a Muslim doctor, she's a lady, who has been highly critical of radical Islam, appeared on CNN, must have given that network heart palpitations. As she insisted that in many parts of the Muslim world, not only is President Trump beloved, but so is former President George W. Bush, and that the Trump administration is not Islamophobic. Uh, Dr. Kanta Ahmad, I guess, who hails from Great Britain, stated, one thing the viewers should know, this president and this administration is often castigated as Islamophobic. But I move in the Muslim world, in Egypt, in Oman, in Jordan, in Iraq, Kurdistan, where this president is beloved. This president and Republican Party, going back to George Bush, is very dearly held. Today is the anniversary of Halabajah, the massacre of 180,000 Kurds at the hand of Saddam Hussein. That only change would be because of a Republican president. So it is very important not to lose, uh, not to lose so much perspective that we start believing our entire government is Islamophobic. That is not the case, she says. Then she also says this. In, 2000, in January 2018, Ahmed wrote of Israel's sole claim to the Holy Land. And that Jerusalem is Israel's capital. She penned, quote, As believing Muslim observing Islam, I am compelled by the Koran to support Israel's sole claim to the Holy Land. The Koran says it is so. The 80,000 word document, 1.6 billion Muslims accept it as the revealed word of God. The Koran is, is categorical about the destiny of Israel and the people who can claim its ownership. The Koran states, 
Moses said to his people, O my people, remember the bounty of God upon you when we bestowed prophets upon you and made you kings and gave you that which he had not been given to anyone before you amongst the nations. O my people, enter the holy land which God has written for you and do not turn tail, otherwise you will be losers. Nowhere does the Quran make mention of the Muslims' claim to the Holy Land. Instead, God reveals in the Quran that the Holy Land is designated for the followers of Moses. Because the promised land is theirs, according to the Quran, only the followers of Moses may determine where their capital must lie. It is this Islamic truth that political Islamists very vehemently deny. So she says, she said, I move in the Muslim world. And President Trump's loved. And the Quran states that Israel belongs to, Palestine belongs to Israel. Now you might say, well, how in the world are they ever going to get rid of the Dome Rock? Well, some things we see going on in the world. Of course, here, here just some time ago, there was a, a big meeting between the uh, the Pope and some leading Islamic clerics, clerics, uh, their prophets or whatever, uh, to make peace, to re- bring reconciliation, to bring the religions of the world together. Which I think you'll we'll see here in a few weeks. Maybe might 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 take months. I'm not sure, but the Catholic Church is predominant in the one world religion that's going to basically rule during the tribulation period which the Antichrist is a part of and when he's going to make an agreement or sign a treaty with Israel so, so there's that movement as well President Trump has encouraged this movement by moving our embassy to Jerusalem and recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel of course, that caused some riots among the um, fanatical Islamists. But nevertheless, that stance. And Benjamin Netanyahu has made references to this, to, to this as a... You know, he didn't use these words, but basically as a stepping stone to the third temple. In fact, there are some, and I don't know who actually did it, but I've seen two different ones. There have been coins minted in Israel, silver coins. They're shekels. And a shekel is what a man's supposed to bring for the temple. And on one side is minted. It has Cyrus in the background and President Trump in the foreground. And on the other side is the third temple. You see, people say for years, how in the world this could ever happen, the temple could be rebuilt on the temple site because that dome with a rock. Oh, believe me, when the Antichrist signs an agreement with children of Israel, that dome with a rock is going to be raised. It's gone. And they will build this third temple, being supported by the Antichrist. Now, if you notice, he says here, the court which is without leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles. So, again, this temple is still going to be under Gentile uh, 
dominion or Gentile sanction. That's the only way they're going to build it. They're going to be able to build it. But it is going to be built. However, John's told to measure it. And he's told to measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. This temple is built still in rejection of the Messiah. Because what does Romans 10 say? Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. You know, in these, this nation of Israel is going to rebuild a temple. They're going to reinstitute sacrificial offerings of lambs and goats and bulls and calves and, and all this is going to be a continual rebellion against God and against their Messiah. So the message really is, you know, he's measuring it and he's finding it falling short. They're still in their rebellion against God. But it reminds us, it reminds us that we all are going to be measured by God. It's God's standard that we are measured by. Uh, you know, there, there are, there are uh, you know, Paul told the church at Corinth, uh, we're not to measure ourselves by ourselves. Or, you know, he said in first, or 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12, we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves, comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. We're not to measure ourselves by ourselves. And you know, part of the problem in our world today is men are measuring themselves by themselves. And so we have no standard to go by. Because it creates a, sub, a subjective standard or a standard that conti continually changes. No, we have to be measured by the Word of God. Uh, in, in John 12 and verse 48, John 12 and verse 48, verse 47 48, the Bible says, If any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. You know, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 2 that, that we are going to be judged according to the truth. And John 17, 17 says, thy word is true. See, this is what we're going to be measured by. This is our measuring rod. You know, as a church... We should never go look at the world and say, well, how can we implement that? Or how, you know, let's, let's compare ourselves with that and see if we can incorporate it into the... No, we need, to, we need to measure everything we do by the Word of God. And that's where going to the world is, and bringing that into the church has where marketing the gospel has come from. No, we're to measure... Or use the standard of what they did in the Word of God. They preached the gospel. 
But we are all going to be measured. Go to, go, to, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. <clears throat> and Paul here, speaking to the church at Corinth in context, but to us, talks about this measurement that we're going to receive. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11 says, For the foundation of no man lay, that that is laid, which is Christ, Jesus Christ. The foundation is talking about our salvation. Uh, he, is, he is our salvation. He's the beginning point, if you will. And then we're to build upon that foundation. We're to build our Christian life on him. Verse 12 says, Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it was revealed by a fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by a fire. And so we're talking here about building upon a foundation. You know, Christ is the foundation. He's our salvation. He's our, he, he's our, he's our uh, uh, promise of eternal life. But we're built on that just like one would build a house brick by brick got to have a foundation to start with that's Christ and and, and then we build on that brick by we 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 measure our life and bring it into conformity to Christ and we work to please him and 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 serve him uh really we're filling his role That's really what we're doing. You know, Jesus, Jesus went back to heaven and he gave us a job to do, if you will. We're to take the gospel, we're to take the gospel of the kingdom of God, which he began, Acts chapter 1 tells us, all that he began to do, to both teach and do, we're to continue to carry that on in his place. He uses us. And so we're to build upon the foundation. And, and so he's going to judge our work, whether it be gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. So why do we do what we do? You know, who we... Who we allow to, or who we allow, is there a better word I could use? Who we allow to measure us by. Or who we are concerned about what thinks about our work. Maybe we could say it that way. Shows us really why we do what we do. Yeah, if we're doing it, we, we're to do our work to please the Lord. Uh, what what is our motive? What is our motive for serving the Lord? Are we worried about what people think, or are we concerned about the Lord and His glory and His namesake? Because we're going to be measured by His Word. He's going to try our work of what sort it is. And so, you know, we must all pass under the measuring rod of God. You know, Israel is still, 
in rebellion against him. But we, but we, we can be assured of this, that the Lord's coming is imminent. And we still have a job to do. God has left us here to carry on the work that he begun. And we're to use our time, we're to use our talents, we're to use our abilities to bring glory and honor to him. Remember, we all have to pass under that rod. We're all going to be judged according to our works, even as God's children. And so, uh, we need to be reminded that we are going to be measured by the Lord. We need to use your time for Him, to glorify Him, and use our talents and our abilities to be a faithful witness for Him. Knowing that one day the Lord is coming, that one day He's going to bring all, this, all these things to a conclusion. And that's what the book of Revelation is all about. The revelation of Jesus Christ when all of time will come to an end. And we will go to be with the Lord. And, um, and we will be judged for our works.